Welcome in, everyone, to the week one recap brought to you by the Commissioner's Report. I'm here, myself, Kyle Wilson, the Commissioner. I'm here with uh, my buddies here, Matthew, and the Reverend Pastor Justin Heisey. Matthew, how are you feeling after week one? As far as my gameplay, downcast. As far as excited that football's going, happy and glad to be here. Justin, what are your thoughts about the week one games? Uh, satisfied with my team except my running backs, but uh, it was super fun to get to watch the Packers even if they looked awful and uh, everybody else. It was just fun to fun to watch football again. Yeah. yeah, hopefully better days to come for the Packers. Hopefully better days to come for your fantasy team, Matthew. Both teams, I think, can bounce back next week. The game plan for today, folks, is we're going to go through our power rankings that I have uh, constructed yours truly, your commissioner. We're going to walk through each team uh, one by one to see how we feel about uh, how the week went and maybe their season-long outlook. And we'll also see if there are some differing opinions here from Matthew and from Justin. So at the bottom of my power rankings, at number 12, bringing up the basement, is Carter Aisbit, that hot firefighter. I have him at team number 12. Um, a lot of his team was auto-drafted there, but one big bright spot is his tight end position. He has Travis Kelsey and Rob Gronkowski. Matthew, would you consider playing both of those tight ends, uh, one of them in the flex spot? Yes, indeed I would. It looks like Rob is going to be used. Um, he had an amazing week, and I don't see any reason why they wouldn't continue in the pattern they were with the way they looked. So I'd throw Robbie in. And uh, I think he'd fare a little bit better. Justin, do you think that would be a smart plan, or would you rather trade one of those tight ends than play two tight ends on your roster every uh, week? I mean, at least last week I would have flexed him over OBJ. Yeah, I don't. I'm not sure I understood Carter's strategy in playing. It was Odell confused. Yeah. But uh, otherwise, I, I think if you could get some value, especially for Gronk, um, that would help bolster your a little bit at running back. Because uh, I think you could probably limp by with uh, with your wide receivers at this point. You still have Aguilar, who seems to be like he's going to get some volume at least. I think hands down, the the tight ends are going to score more points than than Juju on an average week, and mm-hmm. so I think it's it's worth it, and definitely more than a guy who's been ruled out. So <laughs> yeah, so that's another. <laughs> the Odell Beckham thing really is a head scratcher to me, just because. Before the season, I let Carter know that we might we were considering doing some restructure, and Carter got really offended. He was like, how could you ever consider taking me out of the league? And I was like, well, I just didn't know if you would want to do it or not. And he said that he checks. So that was an interesting choice. I, I don't know. Maybe better, better decisions to come. Um, now that we've been able to see a week of the NFL play out, um, Mike Davis, a lot of people thought he might be a big value in drafts. What are your feelings about Mike Davis moving forward? Justin, I know you mentioned that you'd be comfortable with him in your flex spot, perhaps, but Matthew, where are you feeling about Mike Davis? Yeah, I think that's fair, too. Uh, like Relying on him as an RB2 would be tough, unless you're me, who has no RB2. So something like that would be like, oh, okay, I could I could take Davis over nobody else. So, so that would be good. But, but yeah, I think you, you're going to want a different strategy than Davis as your number two, if possible. 
Yeah, pretty disappointing that such a great player like Travis Kelsey is wasted on this roster, I feel. Like, just sad. <laughs> like, I want him to be on a good team. But uh, that's the I way it goes. killed him, man. I had to say it. And Robbie Gronk, for that matter. Yeah. All right, well, let's move on. No more talking about uh, the bottom team. Um, let's move up to the number 11 spot. Matthew, I'm sorry to tell you, but I have your team at number 11 in the power rankings. What's your immediate reaction to that? Is that I thought I could have well been placed at 12, so I don't think it's it's crazy to to be ranked where I am. I think that I have some hope of uh, a better season than what week one showed. Um, I don't know that Melvin Gordon will get to continue to play, but he certainly had a high-scoring game. Uh, as far as fantasy goes, a twenty-eight is twenty point eight is not bad. Um, you know, way outscored my number one round draft pick of of Jones. Yeah. Um, and and Herbert, you know, you just gotta assume he's gonna gonna be higher than a thirteen. Uh, you know, each week. And so I um, I'm not overly discouraged. I think it's fair to put me where I was put. That's uh, no complaint here. But I do think I will fare better than than uh, being ranked 11 at the end of the season. Okay, Justin, let's give Matthew some advice. Would you play Mike Williams over Mike Evans on a weekly basis based on what we saw out of week one? Mike Evans not really involved in their offense as much, whereas Mike Williams kind of had a big showing. Um, Also consider that Matthew does have Justin Herbert, so there's an interesting stack potential. It would be an interesting stack. At this moment, I don't need the advice because that is my plan to do exactly (laughs) that. When I saw the Bucks game, I just seen what Godwin, 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 Brown, Godwin, Brown, Godwin, got oh Gronk, 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 like this. I'm like Evans just doesn't even have a place on this team. Like he just I he's agree. not needed. First of all, you would do the same thing, Justin, if it were your team. Um, I think I would at least try it. Um, I I don't know. Like some people are really high in Mike Williams, take him in the second round of some drafts even. It's true. And so because of that, I think. I don't. I, I think if you stuck him into your flex, I think it would be all right. Especially if if he's going to get twelve targets, you're going to be okay. Yeah. All right. Well, those were the two lowest scores of the week. Uh, both of those teams got blown out quite a bit here. But let's move on to our number ten ranked team. At number ten, I decided this might be controversial, and if he listens to this, he'll probably be upset. But he lost out on a narrow victory. CJ lost only by five points this week, but I have him at the number 10 spot in our power rankings. And the biggest reason why I put him there is, well, it's twofold. It has to do with Saquon Barkley and it has to do with Kyle Pitts. I know it's only one week, but it really, to me, it feels like Kyle Pitts, um, if you're going to score a touchdown, it seems like it would have been against Philadelphia. Where's your temperature at on Kyle Pitts, Justin? Uh, I think rookies are going to rookie. So you wouldn't have drafted him, basically. Uh, I wouldn't have drafted him as high as as he was being drafted. I think that was definitely a case of being overhyped. Do I think he's going to be the greatest tight end in the league someday? Yeah. I think it's going to happen, barring injury. But right now, I don't know if that's where he is. I think he's a rookie, and he has some things to learn. But he's certainly a more than capable player. All right, and then how, Matthew, tell me how you're feeling about Saquon then after uh, a really a very disappointing week, only 3.7 points here. He was not as involved in the offense as you might have expected. I think they're maybe easing him in, but where do you expect him to go from here? Uh, I thought that when Saquon went late in first rounds or some leagues, even second rounds, 
and it was going to be a good deal, but but I still wouldn't have taken him for that reason of, of feeling like he's got to get eased back in. Still a wild card because when a person comes off of an injury, you just never know. And so I think right here we're seeing that at best he's going to, you know, he can base so much on the first game, but I can't imagine a, in a complete bounce back in the first, you know, in the next game or two. I think mm -hmm. he's going to want to sit him for a while until that's proven or he's going to keep having that kind of disappointment. Yeah, it's really hard to sit your first round. Well, I guess it was his second round pick, but it's really hard to make the decision to harder sit. Set, oh, that was keeper league work harder set Mike Williams. Ah, yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that'll never get stopped. <laughs> brought up. I love that. Um, there are some bright spots, though, on uh, CJ's team. He definitely is going to have some room on his bench after he makes some drops here at the end of this week. Uh, Gallup on the IR. Zach Moss is going to be moved to his IR. But bright spot on his team is Antonio Brown. Um, definitely showing out, going to be a quality flex. And then by what I saw out of the Rams last night, it seemed like Cooper Cup was the clear number one receiver. So there are some bright spots on this roster. Um, Justin, do you think that Cooper Cup is going to be the, the for sure number one on this team, or do you think it's going to bounce between Robert Woods and Cup all season long? Yeah, I, if I had to guess, I would put my, my chips on Cup only because – um, I read that with Stafford at quarterback, the the coaches are feeling a lot more confident and they want to go back to running the 2019 playbook is what I've heard. And in 2019, Cup was the guy, or supposed to be, I guess. But. That will definitely be interesting to see, and I hope that you're right because I am a big Cooper Cup fan. What's really sad to me, though, is that I was all in on Robert Woods before the start of the season, so that's who I drafted, but... We'll have to wait and see on that and see how that goes. Anyone else you guys want to talk about on CJ's team before we move on to who's next? The only thing I want to say, I know we already talked about uh, Saquon a little bit, but yeah. I think it's also worth mentioning that he probably got game scripted out. Like at a certain point, the risk of possibly re-injuring him just wasn't worth it. And so they had to throw the ball. And so, of course, Sterling Shepard had an amazing day, but... Uh, I think I would maybe put it more up the game script if I had to guess right now more than than uh, that he just isn't ready to play yet. So yeah, I don't disagree necessarily. I hadn't thought of that, so it will be interesting to see if he's able to bounce back next week. Yeah, Chubb, right. Mm. Yeah, Nick Chubb Nick is Chubb's real good at football. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he is a challenging runner uh, for everyone to deal with and honestly so is Kareem Hunt and he's on the next team that we're going to talk about both of the Browns backfield just tore up the Chiefs uh, but let's move on to our next team at number nine in our power rankings I have Hanley coming in there they have the third lowest score of the week CJ actually scored more points than them but I think that their roster has the slight edge over CJ's specifically because of the situation in Denver and the upgrade that Noah Fant got. Um, if you didn't hear, Jerry Judy went down to an injury. He's going to be out for about eight weeks, which means that Noah Fant is the healthiest and most talented player on that offense right now. Um, do you disagree, Justin? Uh, I think Noah Fant is incredibly talented. I don't know if I want to say he's the most talented player on that offense. Okay. Well, that's fair. Um, who then do you think is? Do you have an opinion, or did that just shock you when I said that? Uh, I think I was surprised, um, only because I think that there are a number of players who could step up to show that they're far more talented. Um, 
someone who jumps out to me is KJ Hamler. I think uh, last season as a rookie, he was already somebody that people were excited about and he looked good on the field. I would not be surprised if he shows a little bit more of that. Um, yeah, that's my thought. All right. Already mentioned uh, Kareem Hunt had a great week. Uh, I would expect to see a lot more of that out of Kareem Hunt. Uh, the Cheetah Girls here are honestly just blessed with a surplus of running backs. I think they're probably one of the only teams that have four startable running backs, one of them kind of being a surprise in Jamal Williams. Jamal Williams put up 25 points even. Matthew, would you expect that to continue? There, It was a pretty even time share in Detroit. Uh, what I are you expecting? I expected Jamal to start, but I what I actually expected was that he was going to get more carries. I thought he was going to be relied on heavier, at least in the, the opening game or two of the season, but it seemed like Swift got, well, not seemed, he did get plenty of the action. And so, so actually, I expected Williams to do better than the 25 points because I thought he'd be more involved, but man, owners of Williams and Swift cannot be too disappointed right now. Yeah, it's pretty 50-50 for how much they shared the workload yesterday. Both of them put up almost exactly the same amount of points. Like, yeah, I don't know if that'll continue, but yesterday at least they were both really good starts. Yeah, the problem with though with having Jamal is, I mean, he's a great player. I think for them to stash on their bench to use as bye week fill-in, but I don't think I could ever justify playing Jamal Williams above their three starting running backs in Hunt, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, and Alvin Kamara. The the questionable one, Clyde? you think? Yeah. So where what's your temperature on Clyde? Tell me, I'll, I'll give me Matthew the talk first, yeah. Matthew. You give me the case against Clyde, and then Justin can give me the case for. Well, him. see, you're viewing it as a case against, and I'd have viewed it as a case for Jamal Williams. I would have started Jamal Williams over Clyde anyway this week because, like I said, I expected him to be the workhorse for Detroit this week. Um, he wasn't, but but it, he still got plenty of the things, and and Clyde gets gets the opportunities when they're there, but that they are a passing team. This is so noticeable. Mm-hmm. And and so Clyde just may or may not get too involved in, in any, you know, game. And so I would have picked Jamal for sure. All right, Justin. My thought is that while the stat line on Clyde Edwards Alaire does not look good, there are certain statistics that are far more telling when it comes to whatever um, effectiveness you might be looking for from from a skilled player. For example, when you're looking at wide receivers, you like it's good to see how many times they caught the ball, of course, but maybe even more important is to see how much they were targeted. Um, and so because of that, I would say when you look at someone like Clyde Edwards-Alaire, the percentage of snaps that he was in, I think is is going to be maybe a, a more important statistic. And I can't find it right now because I just can't. But the the amount of snaps that he was in for was pretty darn high. Um, it was in the 90s. So he was out there on the field, and it's true that they are pass first. It's true that uh, Williams is gonna gonna get some some work also. But I think I think he's gonna be just fine, and it's just gonna be kind of a wait and see sort of thing. But. All right. I, I'm excited to wait and see. I think that in the right scenario, he could put up a monstrous amount of points, but it just seems like Patrick Mahomes has no problem going to Travis Kelsey and Tyree Kill, and that's really all he needs. So we'll have to wait and see on that. Uh, one big surprise on the Cheetah Girls roster was Brandon Ayuk. 
Uh, word on the street is Brandon Ayuk uh, maybe had some injury-related situation going on, but there was also talk that maybe it was just because he was not really involved in training camp as much due to that injury, uh, missing some time. It, it was just a surprise to see him healthy and, and active, but to not see a single target. Um, and so I don't know if any of us really have a strong opinion that we believe one way or another whether he'll get back involved. Um, but the nice thing is for their roster is that Marquise Brown is really showing up tonight and showing that he is part of this offense um, that can probably be leaned upon. So is Marquise Brown – so right now there's still seven minutes left. He has six catches for 70 yards and a touchdown, so almost 20 points. Is he someone that you would lean on after what he's shown us tonight? Would you put him in the starting lineup and lean on him every week? Um, not, not this next week. I would, I would wait. I still would hold out hope. I know, for me, I'm just shocked. I, I was disappointed in, in the leagues when I did not get IU because I, I kept thinking, oh, I'll take him on my next pick or, you know, something like that. Like, oh, I'll hit, probably he's coming up. I'll, I'll get him. And then he'd be taken. And, and, you know, I'm certainly relieved after first week that I didn't get him. But, I mean, I, I would have to expect he will be more involved than nothing. Yeah, I, I wouldn't play him until he is. Yeah, just put him on the bench and wait for that. Mm-hmm. Makes sense to me. The the thing that is maybe worth pointing out is that both um, both players that were really surprising about Sunday morning being either inactive or not as involved as we expect both came from the 49ers, which strikes me as maybe like an attitude problem. The fact that. You drafted a guy really, really high in Trey Sermon, and then you didn't even activate him for the game. And you gave Eli- like Elijah Mitchell. Nobody had heard of Elijah Mitchell until yesterday, and now he's going to be the top waiver wire pickup this week. But, um, like, gave him and Jamal... Uh, I can never say his first name. Jamal Jamal Hasty. Gave him the start over, over, of course, Mostrick, but Mostrick got injured right away, which is what he does, so... Yeah, very disappointing because I have most here, so that one kind of broke my heart. But kind of a heartbreaking loss here for the Cheetah Girls. If they would have made a – there's a couple different moves they could have made to pull off a win in this one, but they fell short. So we'll see what happens here uh, moving forward for them. Any final thoughts on the roster before we move on? All right, moving over to our next team. At number eight in the power rankings, I have the Boston Blazers, Elisha's team. This is – one of kind of the bigger surprise picks, I think. Elisha did have um, the third highest score this week at 133, but I think that it's a fluke. Mm, tell me if I'm wrong. First off, Julio Jones with six points. The Titans did not look good this week. I have not watched that game, but what are you guys feeling about the Titans? Are you... Is this just a fluke? Are you chalking it up to bad luck? Or is this maybe something that could be prescriptive for the rest of the season? Um, I also did not watch the game, only a few of the highlights. Uh, we talked about this, though, in our preseason opener podcast about how Julio Jones were all kind of like, yeah, could be, could be good if they end up using him like he was used in Atlanta. But none of us seem to really be holding on to that belief that that is what would happen. And so I'm, I'm not at all surprised that it was a 5-9. Um, I would think they'd be smart to try to get him more involved, that's for sure. Justin, what would you expect to happen there? I 
would expect to exactly what did happen. I think Julio Jones is still an excellent athlete and that he definitely can play football. But uh, last season is what turned me off of him entirely. When he was out there, he was certainly peppered with targets, but he wasn't like looking good. Um, especially not if you were hoping for the Julio of yesteryear. And so this year, uh, they traded him to another team. The whole team yesterday did not look good. Even someone I would really hope would look good, like Derrick Henry, did not look good at all. And so it's, I feel very lukewarm, but getting colder on him. Another disappointment on uh, Elisha's team, Justin Jefferson. He was involved. He had nine targets. It just seems like he probably didn't break off the one big play that he needed. Meanwhile, Adam Thielen on that same roster, scoring two touchdowns. Um, I don't think every week's going to go that way, but I do think that before the season, everyone was kind of thinking, well, Thielen is washed, which means that Jefferson's the only one left for that offense. I think maybe that wasn't the right attitude. Uh, how much do you think that Thielen still has left in the tank, Matthew? And do, how much do you think that's actually going to hurt Justin Jefferson throughout the course of this season? I don't think it's going to hurt. I think I think you will see back and forth between Thielen getting higher games and, and Jefferson. You know, kind of a back and forth between the two of them. It's going to be like I'm not it fearful that, that Jefferson's going to become obsolete. He's certainly not in that place. But, but yeah, but, <laughs> but Thielen. I mean, Thielen just simply had a great game, and he was on plenty of those passes. If you watch the game, he was he was open. Like, and like it wasn't, it wasn't like Justin and him were so close. Like Thielen was open, and he just whether it was because the defense sucked against him or because he was just doing better than Justin was at creating separation, it made sense that he was getting those those passes. Yeah, definitely, we'll be interested to see there. And Justin Jefferson's obviously a candidate to break anything off to go long and score a sixty-yard touchdown at any moment. So, um, I'm sure those plays will come. Just didn't happen here, but luckily, Elisha didn't need them. Uh, one big surprise so far is Josh Jacobs. He's scoring 17 points, but I think those numbers are kind of deceptive. Josh Jacobs looked really bad. Um, and Justin's giving me the sign language to tell me that he has two touchdowns. So without those two touchdowns, he only has five points. Is that, uh, so Justin, like, do you think this is, what what do you think we can expect from Josh Jacobs? That's why I wasn't drafting him. I had no idea what we could expect from him on this season. What what do you think we can expect on a regular basis? Um, I think this like high teens point total is going to pretty much be the standard. I think he is a good borderline RB1 maybe. But um, this game at least, I, I wouldn't talk too much up to his low yardage and carries just because um, Las Vegas has been playing from behind. And on top of that, Baltimore's defense is stout. So there are reasons why Jacobs wouldn't be as involved except as kind of a goal back, which is what it looks like he's doing. Yeah. Um, Same time, a goal back is getting you points. I mean, he's still getting two touchdowns. Yeah, that's, so. a, that's a hard choice to make because you'd say, like, oh, he only got five points outside of those 12. <laughs> like you'd say, like, that's yeah, like Melvin Gordon on your team. Right, like, right. Well, he only had like three points aside from the 71-yard touchdown yes, run. Yeah, but it's yeah. a big deal. And so they're getting that. It's hard to complain. Right. Yeah. Meanwhile, on the complete opposite side of the coin, you look at someone like Christian McCaffrey, and no one's surprised about how great Christian McCaffrey is. But he scored 27 points without a single touchdown. <laughs> and I think that's pretty unheard of uh he didn't even have 100 yards rushing but eight catches he's literally two players in one yeah unbelievable 
Um, someone else that I talked about before the season started and that I wanted to plant my flag on was Jalen Hurts, and he had a, a giant coming out party uh, with 28.76 points. Um, granted, he was playing Atlanta, so Atlanta is pretty much known for having a horrendous defense every single and year. Offense. And offense, apparently, this year. Their offensive line was getting blown up by the Eagles. But do you think that Jalen Hurts can do this consistently, or do you think this is a flash in the pan? I think I think Jalen Hurts is the real deal. Yeah, he's good. Um, uh, I, th- I mean, I would temper my expectations and think he might not have as great of a game every single time, but he still runs, and that mm-hmm. is um, what they say. Quarterbacks that run are a cheat code, and that's, that's what he is. Yeah. I think one of the biggest reasons that I put Elisha so far down in my power rankings is just because of, because of his depth at wide receiver – I have a feeling there's going to be more weeks than not that there's at least going to be one player on Elisha's bench that he really wishes that he would have played uh, on a regular basis just because of the nature of the wide receiver position. But if he can guess right, it's going to be fantastic for him. Uh, But Devontae Smith is that player this week. He scored 19 points on the bench. He's a rookie. That makes me scared. But how much confidence would you have rolling out Devontae Smith after what we saw in week one? I'm plenty confident. Plus, plus with that stack, he has hurts, and so so what's he got to lose? All right. Any other thoughts about this team before we move on to who's next? All right. Next up on our list, rounding out the bottom six, is Matt. Matt's team is at the number seven spot of our power rankings this week. JT was worth it. Speaking of JT, kind of a a weird game he didn't actually like watching his stat line throughout the game he never really had a huge play or or something exciting happen but he kind of just chipped his way to 17 points and I think that's going to be a pretty regular occurrence for Jonathan Taylor um how nervous are you about James Robinson so when Travis Etienne went down James Robinson shot up draft boards it was like he's going to be the guy just like he was last year but they really did not give him the work. He only got to touch the ball eight times, and he only got eight points with that. So is it too early to get scared, or are you guys a little bit nervous about James Robinson right now? Uh, too early to get scared, in my opinion. They were playing from behind, first of all, and so you know, naturally he's not going to get a, get as involved uh, for that reason alone. Now, that being said, they're the Jaguars. They will probably often be playing from behind. <laughs> and so you know that has to be taken into consideration. But I do think it's too early to be scared. I, I, that they were a horrible team last year, and he still, you know, scored plenty. Um, and so, yeah, I think it's just too early to be scared. I'd keep playing. I agree. Uh, I found the statistics that I was looking for earlier, if that matters. Uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire played 93% of snaps. That um, is a lot of snaps. That's a lot of snaps. Like, the guy is in the game. Um, Similarly, um, other players that might surprise you are Daryl Henderson was at 94. Uh, Christian McCaffrey was at 94. That's not a surprise. Um, Najee Harris, I believe, was at 100%. 100%, right? He was in every single play. That is unheard of for running backs, really. It, like. it is, yeah. And also that 4.9 <coughs> stat line in here in 100%. But yeah. It's all right. We'll talk, we're, we'll we'll talk about that when it comes. Yeah. but. Let's talk more about the uh, this volume concern. I'm actually pretty nervous for Robbie Anderson. He 
only had three targets. Now, the the Panthers were leading this game pretty handily for most of the time. Uh, Justin and I were very tuned into this game because he is a huge Sam Darnold guy. Um, it was not as close as the stat line or the scoreboard looks there at the end. But Robbie Anderson was not involved. He only had one catch for a 57-yard touchdown. Is that is it too early to be nervous for him? Yeah, way too early. I, I There's a lot of season, and Robbie is certainly not some dud. And so I think he has plenty of potential. Do I? He, is, he and really DJ Moore to me are kind of a gamble. The, 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 it's to me like the Pittsburgh receivers. Like Both are plenty good. They, they're both arguably good enough to be a number one slot receiver. And so they play and pass accordingly. And so I think both him and DJ Moore are kind of that gamble. Yeah, um, definitely worth bringing up Dak Prescott and CeeDee Lamb might be one of the more powerful stacks that we have in the league. They uh, Together they put up 60 points, or no, 50 points, 50.8 points, which is almost half of Matt's score. So that was an incredible situation. Antonio Gibson came out of his game a little bit bru- uh, bruised on his shoulder, it looks like, but it was MCL strain. MCL strain, okay. I not expect him to miss any time. He definitely was impressive. They, there was no question that he was the guy. J.D. McKissick really did not get any work in that game, so I would expect much bigger things to come for Antonio Gibson here. Um, do you think that Mike Gesicki can bow back, or do you think that Matt needs to be shopping for a tight end or maybe going to the waiver wire? What would you do in that situation? Mike Gesicki with a goose egg, zero points for Matt in the tight end spot. Yeah, I would go shopping. I like Kasicki, so I wouldn't like get rid of him, but I would maybe bench him because even when Kasicki was bad, he didn't give you a goose egg except when he missed a game. Yeah, tough to know what to do. Um, Matthew, any? No, okay. Uh, Jamar Chase definitely was a big surprise on Matt's roster here. Uh, rookie wide receiver coming out and showing that he is the real deal, uh, putting up twenty points. More importantly, um, he took. He only had five catches, but it was for 100 yards. So he I think, good. yeah. Good. So do you think that that's, we should be expecting that moving forward and you should be trusting and putting him in your roster, yes. Matthew? I, I, you watch him run and zip around. He's just so freaking fast, first of all. Created the separation. No crazy moves that he put on, but just, just really good. And I think, like, Boyd and like they're, they're good they have a good receiving core but I really think that Chase is going to be used a lot so who if you do you agree Justin should he should Chase be in the starting lineup uh I think yeah after what like I don't know I have been thinking about this a lot today after watching all the games yesterday that it is still week one and we have you are right a sample size of one game and so Put him in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> yeah. So Jamar Chase had a great game for a rookie wide receiver. I think he's going to get a lot of use, uh, and I think he's going to be really good. Would you play him over either James Robinson or Robbie Anderson? Both of those are options for Matt. Anderson. I would play him over Robbie Anderson. I would probably sure. play him over Robbie Anderson just All to right. see what Robbie does. If he can turn into something a little more, then yeah. But I think he also is going to – there's, there's just a lot of mouths to feed on the Panthers, which is why Darnold's going to be amazing. Yeah, Darnold's going to feast, but we'll talk about him later, I'm sure. Uh, last thing I wanted to bring up about what happened here with Matt's team this week is 
the old rostering tube defenses bites Matt in the butt again because the Steelers scored 10 more points than the Colts, but they were on Matt's bench. It's a shame. Anything else you guys want to bring up before we move on? Maybe should we talk about Ronald Jones and the Tampa Bay running back situation a little bit? Sure. Matthew, you were someone who is – I don't know if you actually did get the draft pick, but I know you wanted to draft – one of the two at one point yeah, is that, that true? I got in the keeper league, not that, uh, okay. and that I, um, it happened the way that I thought that I, that Fournette would be the guy and Jones would be the second, and that was definitely true. But I think it's going to be all the more true because last season, uh, Ron Jones had to happen a lot where he would fumble and Arians would be like, "Screw you, man!" and wouldn't play him. And then lo and behold, first game of the season, Jones goes up and and fumbles it, and that's it for him. Uh, you know, very, very little else in, in the game. And I, I think that Arians just doesn't trust that. And so I think Fournette is going to be the back to watch. Justin, anything else you want to add about uh, Matt's team before we move on? I don't know if I would actively seek out to play anybody in that running back room right now, uh, especially since Brady threw the ball 50 times yes, in that game. That's crazy. Like, yeah. Ronald Jones only ran it once. Leonard Fournette only ran it nine times. Like, they just weren't running the ball. Both both Brady and Dak were just chucking the ball down. Sure, but that, that I think is an important thing. The Cowboys hung in there. And it's because true. of yeah. that, yeah. there's a reason why they kept going to the air. Whereas another team that's getting slaughtered by the Bucks, there you know, there's much more reason to run. But then in that case, there's also more reason to for them to allow Jones to run it because you're not as worried about yeah. a fumble. Yeah. Um, that same point, this idea of like they don't need their running back, so maybe it's not good. That that's going to come back up when we talk about another player's team, but not quite yet. For now, we're going to move on to the next team, our number six ranked team, Jeremiah Wallander, Vickier, Jerry, balls to the walls. Obviously, I don't think anyone expected only one point three points out of Aaron Rodgers. Right. Uh, very disappointing. I would expect to bounce back. Similarly, Derrick Henry with only 10. Another disappointing player there. Um, we already talked about Jerry Judy being out, so there's kind of a lot of disappointments for Jeremiah, and yet there are still plenty of things to be excited about. Which one of these big performances that Jeremiah had on the roster? Um, well, basically he only had two. Which one was more surprising to you, DeAndre Hopkins or Tyler Lockett? Uh, I'm not surprised. I was going to say that's a really hard one to answer because neither surprised me. Yeah. No. No. So, like, is this – I guess what I'm saying is on a regular basis, like, that's – what scares me about Jeremiah's team is that's not going to happen on a regular basis, right? Like, as much as it could happen on a regular basis, I don't think that it will, oh, that I he's going to get 50 points. See Hopkins is 20-plus points pretty regularly, yeah. Lockett, I would say just under 20 would still be plenty common. Um, so, so like an extra, um, you know, whatever touchdown than what he would normally get. I don't, I don't think that's too crazy for, for Lockett. Like the, the statistic that makes Lockett so significant on that team is his efficiency. That he almost never drops a pass. That he has such a great connection with Wilson. And then, like even this stat line, he caught four passes but he had 100 yards and two touchdowns, and that is a, a crazy stat line. Mm-hmm. Um, like, he's just a, a talented player, and Wilson really trusts him, so I would expect 
a lot of points from Lockett. Yeah, I think he's great. Jeremiah still has a great, great team, in my opinion. Even with the loss of Judy, he still has um, Landry, who surprised me. I didn't think he'd get that that high. Marvin and then Marvin Jones, I think, was the big question mark of, of like how involved will he be. be? Yeah. But nine, least, nine targets game, there. It was plenty involved. Yep, yep. So the, he certainly can make up for losing Judy if those players can keep playing like that. Perhaps the biggest question mark, well, we already talked about the Titans being kind of a scary team, but how much do you think in the long term it's going to hurt Jeremiah to have both Chris Carson and Tyler Lockett? Because you have the running back and the, ty- and the wide receiver on the same team, and it's a team that scores on big plays most, most often with the Seahawks. So do you think that's going to hold him back, or do you think that Jeremiah can still find success rostering both of those players? I'm going to go with success. Yeah, you can find some All right. I personally, I think that it's going to cap him in a lot of ways. Not necessarily like it's going to cripple him, but I can't see a scenario where the two of those players combine for more than thirty points. Really? So, well, technically, well, I mean, sorry, forty points because te- right this week they scored thirty-eight together. Yeah. But like, I don't see how it could get better for them, like than what it was this week. Because if Carson scores those touchdowns and Lockett can't, if Lockett scores touchdowns and Carson can't, and if DK scores all the touchdowns and they're both hosed. So I think it might be a bit of a scary situation um, that I wouldn't want to buy into. But let's also take this opportunity to to do a little bit of Packer talk because we have a lot of Packer fans on the podcast. Mm -hmm. And we have uh, the Aaron Rodgers and Robert Tanyan stack here. Do you want to give your two cents as to like what happened during that game, well, Matthew? This has to be Rogers' worst game of the season, right? Barring injury, I think that's just unreal. That a one-three, that's terrible. Um, and so you're not going to see that. And, you know, I could easily say, oh, if Rogers just scored like uh, an average game for him, Jeremiah would won. But at the same time, Ezekiel Elliott for Eli did horrible as well. And so they both can say that about their players. Tanya and I would expect better from in general. Um, that 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 the two eight it just seems really really low to me. But come on, Packers offense was just disgusting, and so but so, so to base bad. fantasy scores, um, or you know, for the whole season based on the one game just doesn't seem right. I can't imagine they're not going to bounce back. Justin, do you agree that bounce back is likely? Are you like nervous about the actual team, or I not? don't feel super nervous. Um, it really just felt like they weren't clicking at all. Like even even great connections like Rogers and Adams, I just felt like they just weren't clicking. Like they weren't knowing where anybody was. Rogers was just off. Yeah, like, two interceptions from Rogers. It's a long time without playing. Last no preseason, limited practices. Like it, yeah, I just think they were just not in sync. Looked like garbage. Will push themselves. They'll get in a rhythm. And they'll be good. They'll be okay. Yeah, I, the talent is definitely there. So. I hope that you guys are right. Otherwise, this is just going to be a very sad season. It really will be. So, <laughs> the last dance didn't go so well. <laughs> All right, well, any more thoughts about Jeremiah's team before we move on? All right, the next team that we have on the list is at the number five spot. Jumping over to the other side of that matchup is Eli, um, the playoff dream wrecker from last season. Uh Eli had a very interesting week, a lot of highs, a lot of lows. I mentioned earlier about this idea that some 
teams just don't need to run, specifically Tampa Bay. And so in one way, Eli benefited from this because he got all the pass attempts from the Bucks. I think another team that is like that are the Cowboys. I just don't see the Cowboys actually needing to run the ball with Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb and Michael Gallup. And that makes me very nervous for Zeke. I just, I almost see them using him as a pass blocker more than a running back these days. Do you think that I'm crazy? Or do you think that that's, uh, that Zeke might have some trouble on the horizon? Crazy would be a stretch to your question. Do you think I'm crazy? And I'd say, no, I'm probably still holding my breath. You know, I have him in keeper league. And so, so I'm a little nervous. He did worse. I had anticipated that he might not, you know, Dak is back. He's got his receivers there. He's got real weapons. And so Zika's less. But again, this was a game that needed to be played in the air to, to keep pace with the Bucks. And so with that happening, Zeke is simply not going to get as many opportunities um, as what he would if the Cowboys are controlling the game. Yeah. Justin, you're I think still Kansas. You, you can't forget the game script. But last season, there were only a couple times when we were like, Zeke was amazing. Like already, I would say, we were sounding alarm bells last season about Zeke. And I, I'm going to give him more than one game, but I also don't feel as hopeful as I as I do about someone like Daryl Henderson right now. Yeah, wait, so you say you are hopeful for Daryl Henderson right now? Because he's actually another, I almost view him similarly, like the Rams don't need to run the ball because oh. they have such an amazing pass attack, but, but you disagree. The Rams really want to run the ball. Mm. Um, the only reason I feel hopeful about Daryl Henderson, he did have a great game this last weekend, and he was in on 98% of snaps. Yeah. Like, there was nobody else. Everyone was worried about how much Michelle was going to count cut into his production, and it was nothing. It is true. I was, like, that whole game watching for Michelle, and I only remember him going in on one carry. Yeah. And uh, he didn't do anything with it, so. Um, I think we mentioned this when we were talking about Mike Evans, but Chris Godwin seems to be the wide receiver one on the Bucks now. Like you said earlier, Justin, it is just week one. Like, lots can change. But he seemed like the dominant athlete uh, in that offense, but we'll see how that shifts and changes. I'm sure that it's probably going to be a week by week. You disagree? I, I think it's I think it's A-B. Like, I, I think, yeah, Godwin maybe had a better stat line, but I think A-B is too dominant. He, he looked good. Mm. But I think those two, that's what I was saying before, Evans is just worthless. Like, you have yeah. those two, he's a decoy at best, is Evans. And so... The stack is cool, Brady and Godwin for for Eli. That's a great combo. I'm happy for him. I I throwing this out there. I think, in my opinion, you rank Eli too high. I would put him a couple teams lower. He doesn't have much depth on his bench. Um, is one of the problems. And I just think Jeremiah's team didn't do well this week. But I think he'd be higher. Elisha, I think, would be higher. So I think I think you rated Eli higher than I would have. Um, does have that amazing stack, though. I, I think that is awesome. Another player that I think I'm maybe higher on on Eli's team than I know Justin based on our quick conversation before the podcast, uh, and I don't know how you feel, Matthew, but it's Terry McLaurin. I expect that the volume is going to go up. It was very confusing to me that he only had four targets. Um, he is their unquestioned number one wide receiver, 
I think he might even be a team captain. You do know that um, Fitz is out though now, right? Yes, That's so Fitzpatrick captain. is out, but I'm not that nervous about that. I just think that Terry McLaurin's talent can overcome. But, Justin, I know that you are of the opposite opinion. Is that true? Um, I really like scary, scary Terry. I just worry about the fact that without a good starting quarterback, he's just not going to have that same volume or that same production. Could he be used as like a safety net? I think so. But, I don't know. I'm worried. I think he's a buy low, but I know that Eli doesn't sell his players for cheap, so I wouldn't try to trade with him. But I think he's a buy low. We'll see what happens. Another player like that, George Kittle, only five targets, um, but they didn't need him. Their defense scored, I think, two touchdowns. So, and that's the danger with the 49ers. Their defense can just yeah. take them right out. But there has to be a little bit of a cringe, right, when you draft Kittle as high as and, – and I'm not saying anyone's crazy for drafting him high. But there has to be a bit of a cringe that he wasn't a Kelsey. You know, that, that, that like, wait, why is this guy giving – that has to be sad. Or a Waller, for that matter. Or yeah. a Waller. And Waller – because, like, the, the difference there uh, – Eli had his choice of the two. He – chose Kittle over Waller uh-huh. and last I looked Waller was like somewhere close to 18 targets with a touchdown maybe Justin if you could pull up what Waller's at right now but but I agree like that's uh that's gotta hurt and he did walk away with a win here so he can't be that upset in eight point victory right. but but yeah I would uh it is a cringe for sure um another surprise we talked about him earlier was uh, Trace Ehrman, kind of a surprise inactive there. I would still expect him to gain uh, value as the season goes on, so still a bench stash that I would keep. Justin, do you know how many points Waller has right now? Uh, Waller has 26.5 points, 19 targets. 19 targets. That's absurd. That's Almost absurd. four times as many targets as Kittle had in the game. Uh, <laughs> that's unbelievable. Um, Chase Claypool is another... I think there's just a lot of players on on Eli's team that are kind of low volume guys, and it's a scary way to build a team. So, anyone else you guys want to bring up on this team before we move on? Good. All right, moving on to our fourth ranked team. It would not be the commissioner's report if the commissioner was not in the top four teams in the power ranking. So, <laughs> I put I put I put my own team at what number. Are we known for it? Commissioner report. Well, our commissioner's real high on himself. Yes, the commissioner's real high on himself because it's my report, and <laughs> and I am the number four ranked team. Uh, let me tout some of my exploits. I have Kyler Murray with thirty three points. Dalvin Cook, twenty. Darren Waller, twenty six. Uh, definitely some big booms there. On the other hand. I made this before I found out that I've made these power rankings before I found out that Raheem Mostert's out for like eight to ten weeks. <laughs> so, you also made them before yeah. you knew that Waller was at twenty six. Oh, points. but I knew, I knew. I was like, a little birdie told me he was gonna get thirty targets. I said, no, nah, you're exaggerating. And it turns out they were. But um, Eli did predict uh, right about halftime though that Waller was gonna have ten catches on twenty targets. So all he needs is one more incompletion, and he's he's right on that. But of my roster here, I mentioned those three players who performed very well, and I think they were all expected to perform very well. But who do you think is the most disappointing, and who out of my starting lineup, besides most obviously you got hurt, but who would you be most nervous about moving forward uh, out of those disappointing low scores? Mm, Woods came in right around where I would have expected him to. I know you were expecting better from him. 
But that's about what I would have expected. So to say I'd be nervous, I'd be like, no, that's what I expected. So Ridley is the one where I'd say, like, well, that better not be the thing, right? Mm-hmm. I don't think it will be the thing, though. So so I'm not really that nervous for your sake for, for that. Um, Justin, I, is it going to be the thing? I don't, I just, Matt Ryan did not look good, guys. Like, just, I felt sad. And apparently I didn't watch the game yet, but the, the offensive line... I think in both situations I was I know the Packers game for sure but also I was told that in the fucking game they just had no offensive line they're just getting blown up and that can be worse than like a bad day from a quarterback because the offensive line play is going to persist throughout the season I think your team is riding on three players that's what I think I'll take it Uh, Damian Harris had a monster game even though he has a humble stat line to show for it Uh, 23 carries two receptions for a total of 117 yards. I expect this moving forward, but maybe not that many carries. Um, Justin, do you think that it's safe to say Damian Harris is the guy? I I don't want to say right away, only because uh, James White was very involved. He's their third down pass catching back, and he had an okay game, better fantasy-wise than Damian Harris did. The other thing to keep in mind is they really, really like Ramondre Stevenson. He is enormous and powerful, but he started the game with a fumble, and I would not be surprised if that psyched him out as a rookie. That it's his first game and it's the second play, second, yeah, second play, and he fumbles the ball. I would not be surprised if he just got psyched out, and so uh, it really, really bumped Harris up a lot. Yeah, I'm. In a way, like I'm hoping that Ramondre Stevenson comes out next week and fumbles on the second play again. Because if that always happens, then I think (laughs) Damian Harris is going to have a really good season. But I would agree that eventually I think some of that works can be taken away. And if he can't get into the end zone, I don't know if I can comfortably lean on him as a running back too. Uh, That was his problem last year also is he just never got in the end zone. uh, Hopefully that can change, but... Now that Reem Mostert is down, I'm looking for some advice on who to play in my flex spot. So if you look at my bench, I have some options. Devontae Parker had seven targets. Corey Davis had seven targets. And LaVisca Chenault had nine targets. Out of those three guys, who do you think is going to give me the best shot uh, in my flex spot on a weekly basis? Or would you be playing the matchups? Corey, Corey Davis. Davis. I knew, oh. I'm not just saying that because I knew Justin would. I knew we were thinking the same thing. I really... I really did going into the season think he was great. I just didn't understand oh. the keeper league why he kept him so much earlier than he needed to. But I do, I do think Corey Davis is a great pick, um, and I, I think he will be a much higher rated receiver by the end of the, the season. So Corey Davis, I think, is, is a, the obvious choice actually. I yeah. hope so. I hope he can save my team. <laughs> Me too. Me too. I hope he can save my team and keeper next year. Speaking of your team, uh, well, do you guys have anything else you want to say about my team before we move on? Good luck. Besides, I should have moved myself up higher. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I should have been higher. You honestly don't have a bad team. I just think you're strengthening you. three main players. Yep, it's going to work out. All right, let's All move right. on to the number three ranked team. You have Justin Heisey, Pastor Reverend Justin Heisey, the owner of the Washera Thunderbirds, putting up the second highest score this week. With 160 points, tell me about your golden boy. How proud of you are you? Are you of Sam Darnold? Sam Darnold. So, um, Sam Darnold. I was excited about this game because of the potential revenge narrative between 
uh, him and the Jets, and then also Robbie Anderson and the Jets. And when they did connect for that 57-yard pass, it was it was beautiful. I was so happy. Um, that being said, Darnold's first half was like spotless. His quarterback rating going into halftime was like 129 or something. Like he was playing a near perfect game. Uh, second half though, the Jets really started to bring the blitz, and that was completely different than how they had played the, the first half. And so I think that's why Darnold's score just doesn't look as good, and why Christian McCaffrey got like 19 points in the second half compared to the first half. Like they just switched their game plan, and then it wasn't about throwing deep passes, but just dump it off to McCaffrey, and he's always going to get you nine yards anyways. Yep, just chip and dink and dunk your way all yep. the way up the field. Yep, yep. Um, one of the players I was most nervous about on your team ended up with the highest score on your team, that being Debo Samuel. Um, right. Debo Samuel had 12 targets well, for 189. Austin Cooper was my what? Oh, but he didn't play him. Austin Amari. Oh, Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper. Sorry. No, okay. Sorry. Yeah. But let's talk about Debo Samuel first. So he had nine catches for 12 yards, 189 yards, and a touchdown. Matthew, you were talking about Ayuk earlier. If Ayuk gets back into this game plan, obviously it's going to take something away from Debo Samuel. But how much do you think Ayuk can actually take away from Debo Samuel? Where do you expect that split to kind of I simply don't think that. Debo is going to score that high every week. I, I do think he's great, like really great. Um, but that high, I, I think bringing in the 20 to 25-ish range would be a closer average uh, for Debo. But, well, maybe, yeah, 20 to 25, I think it's So fair. do you think he could be a top 12 wide receiver at the end of the Debo? season? Oh, Debo yeah, Sam? yeah, yeah maybe that high sure. Um, and so I think, I think Justin's probably rated close to where I'd say, like, you have to really consider that two of his players just had... Amazing, amazing yeah, weeks yeah, yeah. that won't be consistent. So you see a score and it's like, wow, way to go, Justin. But when you see why, it's like, oh, sure. You think um, Amari Cooper won't do that again, too? Not consistently. I didn't say. He I hope do so. That Imagine again. that. Feel <laughs> consistent. It was crazy. Long, is that CD Lamb also scored really high? Not yeah. that high, but he scored plenty yeah. high. So this was really spread out. But again, it was just like a pass happy game. Yeah. Uh, in my opinion, I think Cooper is going to end up being either one or two on the year for wide receivers. I think I, I mean, barring injury, I think I can expect 25 points out of him every single game. And statistically, that's held up so far. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't think Debo's going to score that many points either. But there are some other things that I, I am counting on improving. Uh, for example, Eckler's performance. He was very clearly on a snap count during that game. Um, and then uh, Najee Harris, we yeah. have already mentioned he is going to be fine yeah he was there the whole time he played every single offensive snap i have a feeling if we go back and we watch that game we'll probably see him a lot in pass block situations similar to zeke and that takes a lot of energy and pop out of running backs to have to block the blitzer all the time yeah but what it does is builds up the trust the team has in you so that they will give you the ball eventually because they see you work yeah, there's another player who is just a complete volume hog in this game. Tyler Hawkinson, yeah. TJ, sorry, not Tyler. TJ Hawkinson seems to be the only receiver similar to Darren Waller on his team. Um, not quite as many targets, but still 10 targets as a tight end. That's an incredible number. Do you think that he'll keep that up on a regular basis? Matthew, how high are you on TJ Hawkinson? Can I just say real quick? Oh, yeah. Uh, if you haven't noticed, um, the Ravens and the Raiders are in overtime right now. Oh, very exciting. Maybe we'll be able to 
catch the end of that game uh, after this. Looks like seven minutes left in overtime. Yes, I think Hawkinson is, is real. I think he'll keep up high numbers. Who do you think is the player on your team, Justin, who you're still the most scared of? Most scared of? Yeah, like most scared of breaking your heart over the course of the season. Um, Not counting your bench. There are a couple of people that I feel like I am kind of willing to churn and burn. Um, among them right now, Sony Michelle might be on the cutting block just because of how much they trust in Henderson. Um, otherwise, I don't know, A.J. Dillon... I would say that the thing that really scared me the most about this week was the lack of depth that I found I had on my bench. I really was hoping that it would be more. Uh, I'm not super worried about Jacoby Myers. He got nine targets. I think he's going to be fine. Um, I think Gaskin is going to be fine also. Can I ask you differently? Of your starters, who do you think is going to be the biggest heartbreak? You were really nice treating all your players as if they were legit. So... Tell me, tell me. I mean, legit answers, but of your starters, sure, yeah. who do you think would be the biggest heartbreak? I think Eckler is going to break my heart because I love him, and I think he's so talented, but I think he's going to struggle with the injury. I was going to ask, is it because you didn't think he'll be healthy at least for enough of the season? I am, so when I got to my pick, I had the choice between Austin Eckler or Aaron Jones. Mm. I'm happy I chose who I chose. So. <laughs> yeah, for now. At least today. <laughs> At least for one week. Any last thoughts you want to add about your team, Justin, before we move on? Uh, go Sam Darnold. Go uh, Sam Darnold. All right, these last two teams are potentially some of the biggest surprises that I have ever – I surprised myself when it shook out this way. But at the number two spot, I have Final Fantasy Football Team 5. Managed by Sai Vanasavit yeah, as our number two ranked team. So let me let me explain myself just a little bit because I think it'll surprise a lot of people. My explanation for this is basically this is me completely endorsing his running back situation. I think that the Cardinals showed when the game matters, Chase Edmonds is their guy. Because it, it ended up shaking out pretty even in running back touches, but when I was watching the game, it was pretty apparent once they had the game, once it was a blowout, that's when they brought in James Conner to kind of salt away the game. Similarly, I think DeAndre Swift is only going to receive more and more of the workload as the season goes on. He had 11 targets, and I just don't think there's anyone else there to catch passes. So I expect that Chase Edmonds had nine. Right. So, Robinson like, was on that team, so. I think right. those are going to be the three this year. They're just going to be the Lions, essentially. Yeah, and I think that it would not surprise me to see DeAndre Swift actually take work away from Jamal Williams as the season goes on, as he gets healthier. Um, And then, lastly, there was one other running back. Oh, it was Devin Singletary. So Devin Singletary is kind of another surprise situation. Zach Moss being ruled out pretty unexpected. Healthy scratch, which means that all of a sudden, Devin Singletary is the only running back in that backfield. So because of that situation shaking out the way that it did, I am really high on size team. Now the biggest question mark to me is can Sterling Shepard keep putting up those numbers? Because if Sterling Shepard can can keep putting up wide receiver one numbers and Sai can put him in the flex, I think that size roster is fantastic. But shoot some holes in that theory. Do you have where, – where do you think uh, – I don't think Swift continues to put up numbers like that whatsoever. I 
think Edmonds is going to shake right around there, over and over, which is not a bad score for a running back 14, but you'd want more for your RB1, right, ideally. Um, mm -hmm. Adams will score higher, I w would assume. Same with A.J. Brown. Um, after that, I just think good team, but not the number two power ranking right now. I, just, I think I would have put Justin above him for sure. Maybe myself. Uh, I don't know about you. <laughs> <laughs> but Justin, I definitely would have put, put above him. Justin, where do you see the holes here in this roster? How, are, um, how what are you what's your take? Can I answer your question about Sterling Shepherd first? Yes. Last year, after the very first week, in fact it was the opening game of the season, one receiver from the Giants team had even more points now than Sterling Shepherd had. Do you know who it is? Darius Yeah. Twenty eight points to open up the season. You asked almost that exact same question. Is Darius Slayton the real thing? Is this going to happen the rest of the season? It kind of did, didn't it? No. No, no it was, sure. It was, uh, I thought he maybe had a couple of games me, at least. I want to double check that. Okay. But, um, it's funny I, you remember. That's answer, a good callback. I think the answer is very much the same. I think it is. Um, yeah, I think the Giants aren't consistent enough at any of the positions to say that it's going to happen again and again. I... So Darius Slayton had 28 points that first opening game. And then after that, his next highest score was he had one game of 20, and then he never breaks 15 the rest of the season. And especially if mm. Barkley does get back involved in the game, that's exactly. only going to cut most receivers. That's fair. Um, funny that this happens again. So right before the podcast, Justin was reading some notes that I had, and he said, I think it's funny that we talk about size team, but like you don't mention Patrick Mahomes on size team. <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah, that's actually a really good point. I think it's worth bringing up that Patrick, normally like the quarterback position is kind of glossed over when we talk about it because it's not necessarily one of the separators. Mm -hmm. But even Patrick Mahomes kind of had a, not a down game, but it wasn't, amazing by any stretch of Patrick Mahomes numbers and it was still 33 points so I think that's another big factor as to why I have Cy so high is that Patrick Mahomes could legitimately just put up 50 and decide that Cy gets to win on any given week um, right so we'll see I I hope that Cy's team can keep showing out so that he doesn't move down but I would not be surprised if Cy's the biggest mover in our power rankings next week depending how his team <laughs> shows out. We'll see what happens. I just really want it to work out for him. So funny. You can't call him the biggest mover, though, because he can only move most one spot. I know. <laughs> right. The biggest mover's like... Right. We've just considered he's dropping. Yeah, he might be our biggest mover, nice. but I hope he's not. All right, we'll see what happens. Any last thoughts about size team before we move on? Nope. All right, obviously, Devontae Adams. Hopefully. Not obviously, but hopefully. He'll bounce back. All right, moving on to our last team. That leaves, I'm sure you've been anxiously awaiting, Chad. Yes, you are the number one ranked power team. Yeah. Can power I apologize team. to you, Chad, you, Chad? When after the draft, I thought yours was one of the weaker teams. Um, and at least for this week one, way to go. I just did not have confidence in, in Sanders, and you know I'm not a huge Mixon fan. And, and not because of Mixon, but because of the Cincinnati Bengals. And and then Montgomery playing for you know the Bears, so I just didn't have a lot of faith. And holy cow, congratulations! What I think was your best game probably of your season was my worst game hopefully of my season. 
So I'm sorry you wasted your 172 on an 83-point game. But it made me feel a lot better about, look, hey, at least I didn't get 160 and then lose. So that was a plus for me. But Chad, apologies to you and congratulations. Can we talk about Chad's depth at running back? Yeah, let's do Nixon, that. Sanders, Montgomery, Naheem Hines, Tony Jones, who had an amazing game for a rookie, behind Kamara, Tyson Williams, who is having the best game of his career. <laughs> Which is a small <laughs> sample ball. size. I know. <laughs> Speaking of that game, it's still tied. Looks like six and a half minutes left. Um, but Tyson Williams has 18 points right now. He's at, honestly having a fantastic game. Um, I mean, for a rookie starting yeah, and well, a second year rookie, so I guess it's a little different. The depth doesn't even stop there, though. It's not just his running backs; it's actually also his wide receivers. Jalen Waddle showed up to say, "Hey, I know I'm a rookie, but I can play. Like, give me the targets." He had only four catches, but still caught 61 yards and a touchdown. Um, I have hopes that Elijah Moore might become something still, but then if you look. He still has Michael Thomas sitting down on his IR in the pup. Now, who the heck knows what it's actually going to look like when he comes back in six weeks. But if yeah. Chad keeps off to this scorching start, like, wow. Real hard to beat. I mean, clearly his weakest position is quarterback, but it's also the easiest one to make up. I mean, Trevor Lawrence had a garbage NFL game, like really through three interceptions, and yet he still scored more fantasy points than Justin Herbert. And so that's just the way that the quarterback position rolls. That'll happen when you throw the ball 51 times, though. Yeah. But I agree. Um, The biggest surprise to me after watching this week one of games is how explosive both Miles Sanders and David Montgomery look. They're both from the same draft class, Mm -hmm. and they both popped off off the screen when they were running. Who do you think ends... With the higher numbers, like higher uh, ranking this year, Miles Sanders or David Montgomery, end of season rank, where would you expect them to shake out? Montgomery better. You think Montgomery's going to end up higher? Yes. Is it a wide margin for you, Matthew? Or do you think it will be pretty tight yeah, between them? I think so. I'm still bitter, I think, about Sanders because I had him on my team last year and was just underperforming constantly. And so maybe that's all it is, but I just can't imagine it will stay consistent with Sanders. I agree that it will be Montgomery. Um, my mind is a little bit different because I have no bitterness towards Sanders at all. I tried to trade for him multiple times and in the keeper league, and Matt Stroman still will not trade him to me. Anyways, um, but I think uh, Sanders' one downside is that Jalen Hurts can vulture touchdowns and can just run if he needs to, and that is hard to, to lean on him for. I mean, he looked amazing, but he also had Jalen Hurts who looked amazing. Yeah. And he played against Atlanta. That's play. true. It was, yeah. One thing about Sanders is that he's always been the kind of player who only ever gets somewhere between 10 and 15 carries mostly, and he always rips off at least one run of 40 yards. So it's kind of just where that comes and, and if it can lead to a touchdown or not that kind of determines his game. Um, we already talked about Adam Thielen earlier when we talked about Justin Jefferson. I don't think we expect that on a regular basis, but Adam Thielen definitely showed that he's still got it. Uh, mm-hmm. I I was writing him off as old and washed before the season for no real good reason. Writing him off for I just don't like Adam Thielen. Okay. I think it's – I don't know why. Maybe it's just because he, like – I just don't like him. He's on the Vikings. 
I always just thought got yellow you gloves. called him as crappy early on, and then you yeah. just stuck to your guns. Yeah, he's not good. To look at stats. You're right. I don't know why I brought it up. You're Sam Donald. Yeah, right. Like, I don't know why I brought it up. He sucks. Why are we talking about him? Um, <laughs> speaking of really good receivers, uh, Tyreek Hill, amazing. Yeah. Just amazing. 200 yards, 11, almost 200 yards, 11 catches. Unbelievable. Uh, I expect him to end as the – I know it's early to say this, but I expect him to be the wide receiver one at the end of the year. Before week one, I was – all. Yeah, him or Cooper. I was all in on Devonta Adams, but after seeing the Packers, I can't say it anymore. I so know. I don't know. It's scary. Uh, I hope there's better things to come. Anyone else here that you want to highlight on? Oh, uh, maybe talk about quick the even the tight end depth. Like Logan Thomas is a quality tight end, yeah. but he also has Tyler Higby on his bench. Yeah. Um, both. Yeah. Both equally involved. So even at the tight end position, Chad has depth, and I. Hate it, hate to say it, but got to give him his team. props. Well done, Chad. Yeah. I'm excited to see uh, how far you go. Man. Yep, me too. Um, real quick, just because it's in this matchup that I'm looking at, because it's on Eli's team, we have we talked about uh, Kittle and Waller and Hawkinson. Uh, I'm just noticing now that I don't think we mentioned earlier, Mark Andrews is not having a good game. Um, he only has five points right now, yep. three catches for twenty yards. I think most people expected Mark Andrews to be their passing offense. So does this raise red flags for you, or are you just willing to write this off as, oh, Mark Andrews is kind of boomer bust? Where are you feeling about Mark Andrews? Boomer bust seems high. I would think that normally he will be more consistent than a five-point game. Um, but I, I think that I wouldn't be expecting – Kelsey type numbers or Waller type numbers. So right there, kind of in that mid range, kind of the high end of the yeah, mid range. I think more often he'll be more consistent than a five point. What happened, Justin? So Derek Carr threw an interception, and now Jackson just fumbled the ball. So it's going back to the Raiders. Aww. They both deserve to lose at this point. Yeah, it's ugly. Oh, now yeah, they have it on the twenty eight yard line. Ugly game. <coughs> um. So just want to that, – that wraps up our power rankings. want to highlight just a couple of things that happened in the matchups here. Sorry to you, CJ, a heartbreaking loss. He lost only by five points. Similar to Jerry, losing only by eight. I think it's interesting. I'm used to seeing more high-scoring games, but we only had two that were up above 140 or 150, and I think we had a lot more of that. But what I noticed is that this week there was no – absurdly high scoring kickers or defenses like i think everyone's kicker or defense scored right around the same range and maybe that had something to do with uh the mild scores for the most part um moving forward after we've seen one week of the nfl season not on a fantasy level but do you guys have a a super bowl pick that you think this team Looks like they are going to win it all this year, just after seeing one week. Can I just say one thing? Yeah, sure. So um, we've talked a lot about bad defenses just a little bit here. Uh, specifically, we've mentioned the Jaguars and the Falcons. Yeah. Which defense was number 32 on the week, do you think? The, you guess. the bottom on the week? Yeah. Probably. Right. Hold on. Let me think. The Jaguars? 
No. Wait, wait. What's the of this week? Worst, worst defense of fantasy score this week. Don't well, look. No, I'm not. I'm not looking. I'm looking at the scores though. <laughs> Just basically uh, looking. Packers? Packers. Oh no! I bet it was the Titans. It was the Packers. Oh. Titans were uh, number twenty-eight. Oh, it was the Packers. Packers. Just in every way, embarrassing. I mean, James Winston only had to throw 15 passes to score five touchdowns. E, that's not on, good. On chat team, we mentioned uh, Tony Jones. I mentioned Tony Jones. And Tony Jones was amazing behind Kamara. Got 11 carries, 50 yards. The guy was good. And Kamara was good, too. Like, ugh. All right. The Raiders just wrapped up the game. Zay Jones with the game-winning touchdown. Who would have thought? All right. Now, does anyone have any Super Bowl pick that they would like to stake their claim on? Who do you think will win? I'm personally going full chalk. I don't think that anyone can beat Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. With Antonio Brown on their team all season, I think they might just go undefeated and have the perfect season. Cowboys were pretty pretty good. The Cowboys looked pretty great. The Rams, I think. Man, Stafford really is going to make a difference. They had a great receiving core to begin with. Now they have a real quarterback. Yeah. It's and fun to see some of these teams bounce back. As awful back. as the Packers look, they can't give up on the possibility I'm not give that, up on that they, they give it. The NFC is going to be the – it'll be NFC versus Kansas City. This is just kind of what I picture. I, I, I don't know. If I had to pick uh, from the AFC, I, I think Kansas City seems like the – like obvious choice, mm-hmm. but the Browns looked pretty good. Yeah, they, they did. Until they so choked. They choked, which is like the most Browns thing in the world. But mm-hmm. for just that, like first sixty-six percent of the game, they looked amazing. Yeah, they did. So I don't know. I'm gonna I'm gonna say Browns Packers. That's my pick. Browns Packers. Yeah. I like it. We'll see if that happens. I think my pick is gonna be Buccaneers. Bucks Saints. That uh, works, right? No, it doesn't. No, they're, no? Saints. they're both in the NFC. Shoot, I don't know these things enough. <laughs> Bucks, Bucks. That's all that matters. The Bucks. Bucks. Bucks Your AFC team choices would probably be Steelers. Steelers. Yeah, Bucks Steelers. Steelers, and the Steelers are gonna win. Yeah, Steelers, <laughs> Kansas City, Steelers, Kansas City, Bills. Yeah, although they didn't look amazing this week. Bills and, and Browns, yeah. Chargers. Maybe, maybe I love the Chargers. Oh, maybe I love the Chargers. They did not look amazing. No, no. I think they're a year away. Mike Williams was. Let's see. Much to second round draft. (laughs) Much is left to unfold. Thanks for tuning in to our breakdown of Week One and our power ranking show. Uh, There's a lot of good matchups coming up next week. Maybe we'll throw a little Thursday night uh, uh, preview preview of what's going on i it looks like i have a chance to take down the number one ranked power rank team and if that happens it looks like the that's, commissioner is going up to the top baby <laughs> that's why you made chad number one because next week yeah that's right it is the only reason so that i, I could dethrone chad. him uh, i'm gonna be rooting for you i will not thanks for tuning in guys